Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. And we are rolling. TBR. 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 It's a Bash Report podcast. Ryan Cook's right there. Hello. He's here. Uh, we've got got the man himself, Mr. Fred Clinshaw, joining us here shortly. Haven't the had hammer. We love it. Love having the hammer of fury on um, our s- southern connection. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward. This one's going to be fun. Um, but before we get into that, the regular the, the regular business. Housekeeping. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, Ryan's got... Um, Ryan's got a trip giveaway for uh, one lucky veteran. Ryan, you want to fill us in on that? Yeah, um, <clears throat> man, uh, uh, um, a supporter of the podcast and, and and a follower of fishing in general. Um, I wish I could say his name. He always wants to remain to remain anonymous. I really like to give him a public shout out, but yeah, I can't. This good Samaritan, out of respect, and that says a lot about him and his character. But um. Yeah, he's the same guy that donated the trip for two veterans last year, uh, which we actually are going to be doing that in August now. It keeps getting pushed back due to unforeseen circumstances. But he has graciously donated another trip for two veterans. Um, this last time, I wasn't real happy with with the response I got when I, I, I publicly asked for nominations for veterans for this. Um, it got kind of, kind of frustrated me a little bit. I, I, I feel like... There's just not enough love and respect out there for our vets. So um, if any of you listeners are vets, if you know of, of a veteran that that could use a fishing trip, I'm looking for two. You can nominate. You can hit up Joel, hit up myself, whatever. Um, I, I would like to get two worthy veterans out there, and um, hopefully we've got more of this coming. So just let us know. Um, it'd be a great help, and it, 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 it just – uh, you never know. It, it could it could turn, end up saving somebody's life. It absolutely could. Yeah, I mean, and, and really cool of of the people. Um, they're just fans of the podcast that, that that come through with cool stuff. Paul did that thing, um, the giveaway we just did this last week, where he just came through with some goods and said, "Hey, just want to you know pay it forward, get these to somebody." And so we matched that. And we did the draw on Sunday, and buddy Lance took home the win. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. So, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of stuff's great. So we really appreciate you guys, um, the guys that do things like that. It's uh, it's pretty neat. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Uh, speaking of pretty awesome, uh, night tournament at Don Pedro coming up, the Modesto Ambassadors. Um, just another reminder, I just had someone hit me up about that, asking some specific questions. Um, so keep those coming. If you've got questions, uh, hit me up. Um, it is June 11th and 12th. It's that night of the 11th. Don Pedro going out of Fleming Meadows. Um, team tournament. There's going to be a 50-50 raffle. Registration starts at 2 p.m. Start time is 7 p.m. And then there's a 7 a.m. weigh-in. I didn't realize how long of a tournament that is. Yeah. So back until somewhat recently, they actually split that up into two weigh-ins. They would have like a um, a midnight weigh in or a two a.m. weigh in and then a six or seven a.m. weigh in. They, they they switched that heavily due to just boats running around more than they need to at nighttime. But um, that's always been a really long tournament. 
And it's, I fished it one year and it, I mean, at the end of, at the end of it, the next day, you're pretty much, you're drained and then you're still jet lagged the following day, but it's a fun event, man. Yeah. It's a really cool one. If you guys like night fishing, you need to go check that out. 100%. It it is by far in this area, the, the most well-known night tournament of the season of of the year. No question. Great group of guys too. Tournament uh, proceeds are going to benefit youth fishing and take a special person fishing. So, of course, that's you can't beat great. that. Can't beat it. Uh, good cause. Night tournament in June. Bring those buzz baits. And I think that's it. Wrapping that one up. Big thanks to all the Patreon uh, supporters for all that you do and uh, afford us to do. Um, big thanks. We've got a great package from Joe Roscoe, uh, Bass Union, um, and uh, G-Rat Bait as well this month. So if you want to get in on that, check out the Patreon. Link is on the website, thebass.report on the web, http forward slash forward slash colon whatever, whatever. I think that's I think that's what you put first. I don't shout know. Out, shout out to Joe Roscoe. I saw his post yesterday, 22 pounds down. Just in the gym, getting Dude's it. Getting svelte. Getting it. Getting it. We gotta have him. We gotta have him back on too here soon. Um, That'd be fun. I because I haven't got to do one with him. That was uh, that was that pre was before my time of of playing helper here. Pre co-host. Pre co-host days. Um, yeah. So uh, appreciate that. Um, and yeah, got a mother load report. What's going on out there in the load? Catching them. Um, loads yeah, and load. We're still I, the last month hasn't changed a lot. We're just in that post spawn, still a few fish spawning range. Um, top water bites picking up. I was at Maloney's yesterday, McClure today. Um, similar bites on both lakes for whatever reason. On McClure, we're having to throw underspins. Um, catching a few on the Jolie Jerker. Uh, the underspin bites on fire, both lakes. Um, they're still chasing shad. They're pushing shad on the backs of pockets. The wind helps. The wood helps. Um, top water bite at Maloney's is pretty good. If you get on them when they're schooling, it's on fire. I had I had a client out yesterday, a good buddy of mine, actually. I should not call him a client. He's a good buddy. Um, he had a double on a spook. He had two at one time, which is awesome. Always fun. Mm-hmm. Um when they get going, they really get going. You can definitely have some downtime today. Today at McClure, um, I mean, we got into like three really good feeding windows, and then we had you know two or three hours throughout the day of some pretty down slow time. So, chase the wind, like I always say, chase the wind. Look for the birds. I mean, I've literally got on a bite at Maloney's the last few times I've been there. <clears throat> this is one. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I hate to give this one up, but it's it's this simple, but. If you're struggling to find fish, get on the big motor, cruise the lake, and look for blue herons. If you don't know what a blue heron is, Google it. If you see one of those, stop and fish by it. That's all I need to say. It's it's literally that simple. Um, Birds. Double buzz bites picking up. I've been catching a few double buzz fish. Um, nothing of any quality yet. I've been throwing that Brabic buzz around. Been throwing the DNM double buzz around. I like them both, man. I. I get, oh, I would love to do an hour just on buzzbait fishing, but um, could probably set that up at some point. That would be cool, but maybe do maybe maybe do a 
And, and that's, that's something we were, I was going to bring up. And I, I wonder if that's my kid honking the horn. Out. Yeah, probably. Sounds probably about is. Right. Um, not mine. It's not yours. It's, <laughs> somebody's out there honking in my driveway, so it's got to be my kid. Um, I was talking to somebody about um, possibly doing more of a, a what's the word? Under the radar uh, for Patreons only. We're we're gonna do. We're gonna. I think we're gonna start to try every here and there um, when guys are down, just doing uh, doing some some podcasts that are just for the for the Patreon peeps. Give them a little extra for uh, helping us. So um, that one we're looking at a, talking to a guy about um, about Trinity, um, and then I'm pretty sure we could probably set something up talking about buzz baits. That would be in case really fun. people don't want to just listen to thing about just buzz baits. Who doesn't want to listen to something about just buzz baits? I, mean, I, I, I'm all about it. All about yeah, it. There's, there's, that's a, that's a fun bite. Yeah, but um, the buzz bait bite's been going a um, little bit. It, it's gonna, it's gonna pick up better here soon. That that water's getting right up at that temperature where that kind of stuff's gonna hopefully bust wide open. Um, been throwing the chopo around, of course. The the rover's been my go-to lately for the top water. And then um, I did have a client out. I can't even remember which day or who it was. I no, I, I had Alan out the other day. Um, we were at McClure, and he was throwing the um, what's that little uh, um, oh, strike? No, um, Lucky Craft Sammy, but the little Sammy. And I'll tell you what, this little bait is kind of hard to walk. It, it kind of has a mind of its own. You got to be real finessey with it, dude. But they'll hit this when they won't hit another topwater bait. It's it's incredible. It's real, real subtle. Wouldn't it be good in dirty water? Real good in clear water. But um, I can't even think of the size. I, I I'm not much of a lucky craft guy. But that little Sammy, that thing was money. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's about it. I don't have much for Pedro. I really haven't been. Really haven't been to Pedro the last week at all, but talking to buddies, the bite's pretty similar over there. It's a typical post-spawn, shad-spawn bite. Um, when all else fails, have a Ned rig tied up. I had our buddy out of the back of the boat, Scott, yesterday. He caught a bunch out of Ned rig. Um, and the fluke bite's been super fun, too. So that fluke, once again, if, you, if, you're not, if you're new to the podcast, the way I rig it on these lakes, we're throwing it on a... Two aught spear point GP finesse hook and just nose hooking that thing right through the nose. I bite about a quarter inch of the nose off just to get it flat. Put that hook right through it. It doesn't matter which direction, upside down, sideways, crossways. Um, they all work the same and just vary your cadence accordingly. There's days they want that fluke fish like a uh, a Cinco, throw it out, let it fall, twitch it, let it fall. And there's other days they want it skimming across the surface like a topwater bait. So Switch it up. Go have some fun. Now is the time. Um, and if you happen to catch a big one, tag us. Tag the Bass Report. Tag Ryan Cook Fishing. We'll, we'll ch- throw it up on our pages for you. We like to see them. Mm-hmm. Sure do. We just had a... Um, I just see today we got tagged. Um, somebody was sporting one of the one of the TBR lids and, and had, a, had a PB. I think it was a double digit. But I love seeing stuff go. like that, man. That's cool. And big thanks to Joey Skin for hooking us up with the uh, with the signed uh, Apex cards in the fancy cases. Oh yeah, I'm I'm staring. <laughs> I'm looking at mine right now. I've I've literally got it on this desk. Yeah, that's cool. 
That guy rocks. He's pretty awesome. All right, we ready? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna sit on that thing till he, till he makes it to the big show, and then I'm selling it. <laughs> I won't sell it. I'll keep mine forever. No, I'm gonna sell yeah, mine. Family heirloom. But I still appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so Fred's on his way. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I can, I, I don't know. I feel kind of. It's just kind of been a weird week. Obviously, um, awful week in the news. This doesn't seem like catch a break, man. It's just bad news all around. You know? Yeah. Thank God we got fishing. Yeah, it's <laughs> dude, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's a, it's a crazy time and there's All I can say, my best advice, just go out and do whatever good you can in the world because we need it right now more than ever. We need some positivity. We need some good things happening and putting some good vibes out there because there's so much negative going on. I mean, I I agree. I think that's the one thing I've kind of been talking, telling myself is like, you can't change a lot of this stuff, you know? Um, no. But what you can change is, is yourself and what you bring to the table, you know, even in the smallest ways. Um, you know, I think it's like cliche. People talk about all the time, but like, you know, those little things that you do with the people around you, those things kind of, kind of spread out like a, you know, the rock on the pond thing. And, uh, yeah, just try to do as much as you can um, without letting it overwhelm you because, man, the the news is just terrible, man. It's just pretty pretty sick. There's just so much awful stuff and I don't know. And Get, get out. Turn the news off. Get off of social media. Go out and get outside. Go fishing. Take a, take a drive. Well, don't, don't drive too far because that's yeah, going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Go out and go for a walk. Get a. Me and Diana are getting bikes. We've been talking about it. We're getting bikes. You guys gonna get some beach cruisers or what? Um, no, what kind of not bike? beach what kind of cruiser. Bike you get? Like you know, like probably mountain bike, uh, Walmart special, something, nothing super fancy. I tell you but, what, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to um, fly casting in Maui. That's gonna be fun. You're gonna love it. And I found I found out you don't need uh, any <clears throat> kind of fishing license if you're fishing saltwater in Hawaii. Really? Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. I love that. So, I look forward to that. A couple more weeks. Like we said, uh, we're gonna take uh, maybe two weeks off. When's your trip to New York? July. Um, July. Yeah, July 7th. I'm sorry. I was, I was on my phone. I got distracted there. July 7th through the 14th, we're going to New York. And I... Sh- two days on Lake Champlain fish. It. Well, we're going to spend more than that on the lake, but I can't wait. Ooh, I can't wait for those smallies. Yeah. We're gonna I want to have... see Diana catch a four-plus pound smallie. <laughs> and my whole trip will be made. I would love to see that as well. Yeah, so we're going to be taking that week off for sure, and then we're going to be taking the week of June 18th off. Um but we've got some good guests lined up before then. And during those weeks, if you guys really look forward to this podcast and it kills time, kills a drive, go back. We've got, there's a ton what there's almost a hundred episodes now, Joel, you were saying, I think we're on number 93 or 94. Go back to this time of year from last year, or I don't even know how long it's been going on, but go back in the archives, you know, if, if, if you're looking for some fishing reports, because these patterns do repeat themselves yeah, year yeah, after year. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. 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 Yep. Absolutely. 
absolutely lutely is uh old <laughs> flanders would say <laughs> uh, absolutely absolutely tootly that was uh absolutely was the uh the old timer at herb bauer sporting goods that was his that was his saying the the fly fishing guy the fly fishing um gentleman in the fishing department back in the day absolutely absolutely tootly ah, absolutely yes. tootly yeah yeah he yeah. switched it up on oh, us. he was an he, that dude was awesome Learned a lot from that guy. I like old timers like that. How do you not? No, oh, he was just wealth of knowledge. Spent a lot of lot of his his life fishing. And he yeah, was cool with with sharing stuff. So, um, Fred, 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 slow rolling us. Sorry, I was trying to fix the volume on my phone, and then a reel started playing. Well, I wasn't telling you to look at me. So yeah, Fred's had the week off um, fixing up boats. You and him both had trailer problems this week. Oh, well, I guess that he dude, didn't have trailer problems. He just like it was time for him to just get a trailer yeah. upgrade. But if anybody's out there looking for a trailer, he is selling one. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I don't know. Mine, it's a long story. It was my own stupidity. I, I've I've broke the same part of my trailer what twice in the last two, three weeks at least. Now I don't know how long it's been. My days all go together. Bro- Brock's was pretty rough too. He had to get his poor Brock. He had to get his his whole rig towed from Clear Lake, right? Damn close. Yeah, I think I don't know if was he actually at still at the lake. I don't know, but yeah, I I don't. I think he was from what he told me. I could be wrong because I don't pay a lot of attention, but um, I think he was. So hopefully, him or Pops had uh, platinum AAA. If not, he's probably gonna have to sell a few fishing rods to pay for that tow. Yeah, it's not it's not a quick one. No. But that's yeah. a long one. Take uh take a look at your trailers, fellas, people. And and a word of a word word of advice. Um if you happen to unhook your boat hook on your trailer in the morning for any purposes to jack your boat up, to keep the two knobs from hitting, whatever it may be, make sure to winch it back down. Or else you will break the front part of your trailer where your roller bar is. I know because I've done it twice now. Hmm. So, in other news, um, I just just remembered this stuff. today. <laughs> Rookie stuff. Um, bound to happen. You're fishing as much as you are. Um, but uh, so Brian Latimer is uh, has joined the Spearpoint team. I saw that today. I saw a post. Yeah, that's a that's a kind of a big deal. Well, B-Lat's, big B-Lat's deal. got a big following. Yeah, he does. Very likable. Yeah, he's a cool guy. <clears throat> another, one the, of, another one of Obadi's buddies. They're the real deal, man. Yeah, Spearpoint's getting the out there, deal. man. There's a, there's a bunch of pros on the team now. That's just the, the latest. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a hell of a hook. It it's absolutely a hell of is. A hook. What do we got? If just since we are killing a couple minutes here, if anybody is interested, just a heads up on the old calendar. I do it from time to time. <clears throat> if you are wanting to get out, we are booking into the very end of August. Um, I've got about one, two, three, four days left between August twenty second and the thirty first that are still available. So hit me up if you guys want to get out in August. Uh, we've talked about it before. It can be a great topwater bite, especially if you want to try to target quality. Um, 
there he is, and I. Is... Uh oh. <laughs> Ryan Cook and his intro hammer music, time. man. It's hammer time. You guys are crazy, man. <laughs> he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me what song. That. He didn't tell me what song he was gonna play. He's just like, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play him in. That's what they say in the, in the industry. It's, it's hammer time, boys and girls. Oh my God, you guys are nuts! I love it. <laughs> Freddie Clinshaw, welcome back. What's up, brothers? How you doing? Oh, it's uh, another day. Another what day, are we talking day. about today? What are we doing? Whatever the heck we want. Whatever, yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's we're trying to bring it. some good it. vibes to the world because this has been a week of terrible vibes. We need well, some good what, juju. What, well, first of all, what's what's been making it so bad? And let's start there. And tell me about your mom. You know, how were you raised? Let's uh, <laughs> let's start from the beginning. <laughs> all right. So when I was three. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was I was beat as a child. <laughs> Let's not get into that. I'm beat right now, brother. So. <laughs> How uh, you guys doing? I, I'm sweating. I was telling Ryan, I'm, it's that time of year in the garage uh, where I do these, and uh, it's I'm, yeah. I'm sweating out here. <laughs> I'm sweating. I it know. Out. I was just I I was in my garage right now. It was like a balmy 71 degrees right now. Balmy. Ooh. Balmy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are you guys are having some weather uh, like some heat up there right now i heard it's kind of just tapering off right now it's supposed to get cool this weekend though right like what's cool for northern california yeah, they were saying like the 70s I mean, oh it's, okay it's been up in the 90s high 90s even in, even in the bay area so uh yesterday it was 103 yeah Wow, Ryan, I'm you're alone. up. You're guiding in that. Oh, Maloney's. Wow. All this the summers up here are rough, dude. And it, it's like once you get into the swing of it, you know, and you're in the heat for a week or two straight, your body kind of get used to it. Gets used to it. But the first few days is absolutely miserable. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Is I I got two lakes I guide on. One's as the crow flies, just a few miles from the ocean, and then the other one's inland, fifty miles. So. You know, I'll I'll do a job at one, and it'll be seventy-two degrees, and I'll do another one, and it's like a hundred and two. You know, it's just crazy. You just never get used to it. But um, I uh, I was I was thinking about putting some dates in your book, Ryan. But man, maybe we'll just wait for those that freaking amazing winter fishery you got up there. That's come what, out and like, you know, dude, <laughs> like you need to come in like November. Perfect. Yeah, that's Usually after November's pretty season. fun out here. Yeah, that's after deer season and everything. That's when things are in December. I don't know about you, but December, that's when kids come home for Christmas and all that. And my book sells right back up in December. It's almost like a, it's almost like a March for me, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a good one, but, uh, November would be really good. I'll do that. I'll give you a call after this and we'll do something. Traditionally, November is pretty fun. November. Well, that freaking January we did was pretty fun too, man. Yeah, you know, like you know how it is. Yeah. I mean, there's yep. there, there's there's days and there's 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 weather cycles, there's moon cycles that 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 you never can predict most of that stuff that really affects the bite. But historically, November's fun, December's fun, January. I mean, I I like the cold water fishing. I just feel like the fish are a lot easier to predict. Yep. Uh, and yep. you know, um, I like when you they get down where, there. Always, it's fun. 
You, me too. You find where they live and you find a lot of them where they hang out together, you know, and, and you and I have sort of the same style of fishing, so it makes it really good, you know. But, that was uh, a good time. Yeah. Joel, what's up, man? I will say the heat um, for tournaments, probably not the best idea to truck fish all around the world. Um, for <laughs> I just I, yeah. I, I, I called <laughs> well, that one. I'm not going well, I'm not, I'm not to go too much into that, but um, yeah, if, if you can, try to keep your weigh-ins at the lake if possible. You know, the uh, I'm a tournament director, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I struggle with that all the time. I have a, a live release net, and, you know, everybody has one. You dump all your fish in live release net after you get them. And if you got, if you got one that's struggling or whatever, you know, take it home and eat it. If not, you know, don't try to sneak it out or whatever. Put it in the live release net. Somebody will eat it. But... <sighs> It's, it's, it's a struggle. You know, we, you know, it's June is the time I believe when we go to six hour tournaments and they're usually night tournaments. What I've been doing for that. And when I'm fishing a night tournament or a summer tournament is I, I, I get the two liter bottles and I fill them full of water and I freeze them. And before the tournament, I put them in my ice chest and I just rotate them and about three will get you through a tournament. You know, you just you just put it in your live well, and you'd be you'd be surprised. Plus, you're not going to get penalized on a dead fish. Mm-hmm. So, you know? just kind of, a lot of people out there have never heard about putting ice in a live well, cooling your water down. Yeah. Just give them like a quick rundown of exactly how you do that, because I mean, obviously, you can use too much ice, yeah. not enough. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. So, what I do is a two liter bottle trick. It works really good. Um, you're not putting any chlorinated water or whatever in your live well. And I'll explain that in just a minute, but do yourself a favor, get yourself a couple, maybe three works really good. You know, a six hour tournament, every two hours you put one in, um, you fill it full of water, you freeze it, and then you use it as your ice because when you're fishing a summer, summer tournament, the, it's going to be warm anyway. So you're going to have water and you got your ice chest on board, whatever it's, whether it's your, your an actual ice chest or whatever, put them in there, put your drinks in there and everything. Wait until you get a fish, put your fish in the live well, you know, keep your aerator running, maybe even after the second fish, and then just drop one in there. It's going to probably lower your temperature. Like right now, our temperatures at these lakes are breaking, they're breaking 70 pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's going to drop it down a few degrees. It's going to get your fish a little more comfortable you know, and another thing too, and Ryan, you probably know this, everybody knows this is the, uh, summertime you, you're probably catching fish a little deeper too. What the hell? Fizz them. Fizz them anyway. Yeah. Put them in your live well, put a little ice in there. And when you come in the way and your fish are going to be hot and your tournament director is going to be really soaked on you, yeah. you know, you let them go. They swim away. You're good. You catch them another day and, um, no penalty, you know, I mean, if you're in the top five of your tournament, you you guys all know it's within within a half a pound, quarter pound, you know, mm-hmm. and that point two penalty on each fish. I had a, I had last Saturday I had a guy weighing three dead fish. Oh. Yeah, and he was like, "Man, I did everything right. I just couldn't figure it out." He goes, "You put ice in the live well," and he was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh man!" So, and a quick so, reminder, you know, just while I'm thinking about it, bud. Mm-hmm. If you guys are going to use life and use ice in your live well, which is very smart to do in the summertime, 
Make yeah. sure you make sure you have your pumps on recirc, not where you're pumping All fresh the, water in, because then it's just a waste of time. Yeah. So the whole time, the whole yeah. time. Every once in a while, when you, you know what I would say, Ryan, is that every time you're going to switch a block of ice out, maybe recirc just to get the bad water out and the new water in. Right. And uh, you know, just those. The, we all know bass very, very strong fish. You know, very resilient. So they'll they'll handle that new influx of 72, 75 degree water. But it cools down pretty quick with just that one little two liter bottle of ice in there, man. I mean, you you'll be surprised. At how, uh, yeah. yeah, I I don't think I've. It's been years since I've uh, I've weighed in a dead fish at a, a weigh in, and I, that's just that's just what I do, and it's it's easy. It's really super easy, you know. Well, not only what you just it, said, not it, only it's cools, easy. Yeah, not only cools the water right. down, but that colder water actually holds more oxygen. Right, so it's not yeah, just for the, sure. yeah. not just the temperature stress, but those those fish are going to have more oxygen available in colder water. So. Yeah, yeah. You're recircling your water. You got the aerator on, and you got a little block of ice in there. And you'd be surprised. You go to the weigh-in, you go grab your fish, and they're swimming away from you in the live well. They don't even want to touch. You know, they're just they're not upside down, and they're they're kicking real good. And yeah, that's the thing to do, man. But anyway, <laughs> thing to do. What's going on with the uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I said thing but to do. Sure. I just said thing to do. Oh, I thought yeah. you were getting ready to say something. I cut you off. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. What is going on with your fish well, up here in the mother load? We're we're on um, like shad spawn fish. They're chasing a lot of bait. We're throwing a lot of underspins, top water yeah. flukes. We were just talking about that, all that kind of stuff. What's going same on here. down there in the SoCal region for the old hammer? Same. Same here. Same, same here. Well, this week I'm taking off. I'm, I'm, I got three boats. So I'm doing a lot of boat work this week. Um, I hit it pretty hard since February and, um, sun up, sun down. So that's why I'm hanging with my wife this week and I'm getting some boat work done. But prior to that, we've had some pretty interesting bites. Um, shad spawn, just like you guys are probably having up there. We went through a, an interesting spawn. Um, the water got really clear on us and I saw some really cool stuff. I mean, I actually saw some big bass spawning in a probably about 15 feet of water. Oh, wow. Which, which I knew they always did. I always knew that the bigger bass probably spawned deeper so that the females see the big males first on the nest and who are they going to want to lay for instead of, you know, the little pounder that's on a bed what below a buck bass so tight you know what brand of flogger do you recommend for seeing those first <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so we, we we saw some interesting things i uh, it, uh i had some ideas of what what might have been happening in years prior and i think i solidified just a little knowledge this year with the uh deep water bass i knew the san diego lakes those big bass were always well, they got the quagga muscle, so they got that nice clear water, and they can see real deep. And you know, they're very vulnerable deep. But I saw it this year. Those there's there was uh, big males on nests guarding guarding nests. You know, ten fifteen feet deep, and it's really interesting. So we're learning learning that this year. But uh, I learned another thing too with that shad spawn, and you might know this too, Ryan. There's a well, our tournament boat. We have a pan optics. And um, we were able to see these bass post spawn chasing chasing bait all the way to forty feet plus forty feet, mm. and yeah. So 
you know, when things get tough post spawn, you know, you got the, you got these bass that are, you know, in the cleanse mode, you know, I used to catch them kind of suspended out in the middle of the lake doing weird stuff, but didn't really understand what was going on. And, you know, you got the shad spawn that's right after the bass spawn. And we, uh, saw some really cool stuff with that pan optics that, that those balls of shad have no depth that they're, uh, well, I guess stuck to, or, you know, yeah. relating to, mm-hmm. they could be all the way in three feet, all the way to 40, 50 feet in a minute. And those bass follow them right along with them. You know, it's a, it was a, so it took us some time to try to figure out how to catch these things. And, uh, it was, a uh, it was, it was an underspin kind of bite, you know, um, the, the Demiki armor shad was the perfect bait for this. Um, if things got a little weird, we were going as light ahead as we could to get that bait to fall through the through the shad ball very slow. It seemed like they were plugged full of shad, and they weren't really chasing. They're just swimming with the ball, and when they were ready, they'd go in and nab one. But if you had a bait sitting outside the ball, you'd get bit. So, so can you was, talk uh, about this this cleanse? You, you mentioned the cleanse cleanse phase. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me finish one, one more thing yeah, is, yeah. is it was really important on that ball that your bait didn't move fast. So what, what, what I was doing was, what I was doing is using very, very 16, 16th ounce lead heads, very light baits, as light as I can go, light line, spinning rods, and trying to cast into the bait ball. There, there was two baits that I've, I mean, they, they got to work out this last couple months with me and that was that Demiki armor shad which is a boot tail small swim bait it's just awesome and then the bass tricks uh, flash tricks it's a very subtle subtle bait and i wanted to ask you about I that mean, bait specifically as well too well we can go into more detail it's on a that. killer it's a killer yeah it's a killer uh, that's a uh, that's what ryan was calling earlier in the year the quenchaw rig but um you know it's a uh, it's just a flailing bait that just kind of goes through the ball. And, you know, and like you guys have probably heard me say in shows prior that the fat kid never chased the ice cream truck, you know, you got all, you got a, you got 2000 baits swimming in a circle and you got one sitting on the outside, just flailing, which is on the end of your hook. And what's he going to do? He's going to just pick that thing up, you know, and, and, uh, we were smashing him, you know, and, and it's funny because when you start getting into that depth, catching these bass, you're also getting crappie and trout. I don't know if you guys have followed me on Instagram, but we've been, we've been posting a lot of, you know, we go out in a week and, you know, the fish counts a ton of bass and maybe handful of limits of trout and some crappies, you know, and it's, of course we follow you first of all. And yes, we have. (laughs) (laughs) I concur. I concur. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been, it's been fun. It's been super fun, especially for the guide trips because it's a, kind of an anything goes and years passed without the pan optics. I just really didn't, um, you know, I, I, I can write off June. That would be the month that I'd want to go take vacation because it's just things get, you know, May, June gets really tough post spawn. And now I'm kind of figuring out what's going on a little bit. These, these things are chasing bait, you know, they're fattening up. They've just been partying for the last couple of months on the, you know, on the beds and, and spawn, you know, but getting back to you, Joel, the, the, the clans, that's, that's something kind of key and important that I, 
I kind of worked on a few years ago and some of the old timers told me, it's like, yeah, these, these bass, you know, they get, they start eating and they, they're metabolizing. They're getting, they're sitting out in open water and uh, they're eating and they're just kind of healing basically, you know, they just, either they were just fighting or, you know, it's, it's like deer hunters understand it's the rut for bass, you know, so they're all just mating and fighting and going for it, you know, and, and so they need some time to just kind of get back to normal again. And I found, I found that cleanse bite a few years back and talked to some older guys about it, what, what I'd found. And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah. We, we knew about that for years. You know, it's a, uh, I, I was changing line on a reel right in the middle of the lake. And it's like, you know, I was just, you know, I'm just going to go out here, eat a sandwich and hang out and, and, you know, change some line in a reel. And literally guys, I saw bass two feet below, just, right by the bit, right by the boat, just sitting there. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, I'm in 120 feet of water and this bass is just sitting out here. Throw down a little Kitek or, you know, a little Demiki armor shad and the thing eats it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, Oh gosh, what? that's, that's weird. You know? And then you start doing your thing and there's another one, you know, you drift down another 30 yards and there's another one. And, uh, it's not a very long time that this happens, but it does happen after the spawn and they're, they're good fish, you know, might something you might want to go practice and work on if you're in the tournament, because these are the, these are the big females that just laid a ton of eggs. They're out trying to heal out in open water. And, uh, you could look at a lot of, a lot of, you know, May, June tournament weights and they tend to be kind of on the lower side. You know, the fish are long, but they're not, real big well i think these bigger ones are sitting out in that open water just getting away from it all you know well and and to just kind of touch on that really quick with what i've seen because i i I just think it's important it's funny you say that and i was just talking Mm -hmm. to my little cousin about this um on my Mm -hmm. way to the lake yesterday and i kind of you know had him bass fishing with me when i was learning all this and one mm-hmm. thing I always taught him, you know, like when you're looking at your graph and I don't have forward facing sonar, I'm still old school, sure. but, yeah, I love it. but if I see a fish or I see fish, you know, within 10 foot of the boat straight below, obviously I'm looking straight down. If they're within 10 foot of the boat, whether I'm in 10 foot of water or I'm in 60 foot of water, if they're 10 foot below the boat or closer, I've always told them, don't worry about dropping on those fish. It's a waste of time, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, I've learned the last <laughs> two years guiding, <clears throat> dude. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'll be running a pocket, having clients throwing flukes, top water, underspins, whatever, in the backs of these pockets with these fish chasing shad. And I keep seeing these fish below the boat, below the boat. Well, I'm, I finally, you know, I'm getting bored. I'm not really fishing. So I just grab a drop shot, whatever I got tied on, and I start dropping on them. I learned really, really quick. And and don't do not discard this, guys. It's important. And he just said it. I can't tell you how many fish the last two years I've caught this time of year, especially this time of year through like midsummer, where I've got a I've got a 15 foot fluorocarbon leader from my braid, right? Mm-hmm. I'm only halfway through my leader. I'm literally six foot below my trolling motor catching these fish. 100%. I'm not visually yeah. seeing them. I'm seeing them on the graph, but do not be scared to drop on those fish right now. They will eat. I I, I never thought they would. It's too close yeah. to the boat, right? They know you're there. This time of year, they don't care, man. Hundred percent. I'm I'm with you on that. Hundred percent. I mean, I've been, uh, you know, so it's it's kind of like 
you know, as bass fishermen, we're always like thinking about, okay, well, this worked and this didn't work, but you know, they're all pieces to a puzzle. And there's a couple things that come to mind is there was a guide out at Casitas smashing it with the clients post spawn trolling a crankbait. And that's, I, I used to laugh at him. I'm like, this, this guy is just trolling a crankbait and he's getting them, you know, I'm like, and then there was also, so what's the crankbait go, you know, you, you know, 15 feet, you know, on a, on a two and a half mile an hour. I don't know. But, and then there was me changing my line, throwing a little swim bait at him and getting them. And then, uh, and then there's a kid that I took fishing with his mom one time and he got bit on a brush hog on a Texas rig, just dropping it down and shaking it. And I'm like, bud, you got to You got to cast that thing. You got to get it up in the weeds or whatever, you know? And he got bit and I'm like, wow. So those are the things you got to kind of think about. You're like, okay, wait a minute. He got bit there, blah, 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 you know? And then, and then you see these, these fish post spawn, they're all over the meter. Don't matter how deep the bottom is, they're 15 feet, 10 feet, and the water's clear. So you know what they're doing. They're just kind of hanging out in the sun. Let's think about the Bass Pro Shops pond. You know the little fish tank in there? I, those, oh, I love this. Are not, they're not laying on the bottom, you know? Nope. They're just they're just kind of suspended, you know, all over the place. But as soon as I you use throw that, bait, I use that analogy all the time with people. Look at the Bass Pro Shops tank. Yeah, isn't that funny? You throw oh, this little that. goldfish in or whatever, those fish start eating, you know? So the ones on the bottom come up, the ones on the top come up, and then the ones that are three, five, six feet down start eating, you know? They all eat. But, you know, you got to find the most bang for your buck and post-spawn those fish are sitting out there like that. So anyway, that's that's kind of what we've been doing. And to put another little mix in it there's been some trout there too so it's been uh, it's been a guide's dream you know it's it's been and and we've been getting crappie there too i'm just i'm just blown away what what we've been doing this last couple of months you know after the well this last month after the spawn you know? do you attribute a lot of that success to the to the forward facing sonar i mean, I mean well, it's, it it's got to be a big piece at least right it, 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 yeah, it definitely closed some gaps in all the, the, the puzzle pieces that I was explaining earlier. You know, it's like, you, you, you know, you, you're always thinking about what, okay, this worked, this worked, this worked, this worked. And then you, now you got this, you got that, that panoptics and you're like, wow, I'm literally seeing what they're doing They're This bait ball is going from 40 to the surface and the bass are following it, you know? And, uh, so it, they're not, they're not like, this is a tough, you know, post spawns are typically a tough time of the year to catch, catch bass. You know, everybody thinks, you know, oh, they're gone, you know, where'd they go? They're not eating. It's like, they're eating fine. They're just, they're just moving around, you know? And, um, and a lot of them are in areas where that baits, well, going back to what I said earlier, you know, that fat kid never chasing the ice cream truck i use that all the time and it, it works so good and it's it's probably the most uh politically incorrect whatever you want to call it thing to say but i don't care because it's 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 true you got those bigger bass that'll just sit and they'll wait they'll they'll stage up and they'll wait for that bait to come and then you got the little bucks that are just chasing it around there's there's a whole thing happening on the 
other side of your boat that you don't even know that's happening if you don't have that stuff, you know? And, um, I hope what, what I'm saying is helping, helping everybody listen to this because it's, it's opened my mind, especially in the last couple of years of where to fish and where to catch them. You know, we were talking about we've been talking about birds a lot, just in specific yeah. birds. Uh, I think we're gonna do like a spinoff show that's for like bird watchers. Uh, me and Ryan are talking about mm. it. It'll be a it'll yeah. be a spinoff, and it'll be all about birds. Um, but what is your favorite bird to look for and fish around? Blackbirds eating on the shore. Black because this the is the what time kind of, of black, year. This is. What, I mean, you're talking about just uh, like re- blackbirds, like red winged blackbirds that are up in the tulies. Yep. Or? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, wow. Because last year I was on a bite that I thought I I was just I was I was the only one who had this figured out, and it didn't last very long. I'm not saying I was the only one who figured this out, but I felt like it because I got them really good for about a week or two, and it was a black spinner bait. Throw it on the bank and drag it into the shore really really slow. And we were getting them. The guy who does my website and everything, I told him about this. And I was like, dude, you're not going to believe what bite I just found. And it was, um, he goes, what is it? And I said, I was fishing in a cove. There's tulies all around. There's bird nests in there. And I watched a bass eat birds like an orca eating seals on those <laughs> National Geographic shows. <laughs> and and he's like, he's like, no way. I go, dude come fishing with me, you know, when can you come out? And he came out and I go, okay, there's the shoreline. Throw that thing on the a long cast up on the beach and drag it in the shore. The dude caught three and a half, four pounder. It wasn't like a giant, but it was a bass. And it was in about 10 inches of water. And these, these bird, these bass, I don't know about your guys' lakes up there, but they get keyed in on seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, Absolutely. there's the shad, there's there's bass eating birds that are eating nestlings, you know, that fall out of the tulies. I mean, Aaron Martin's won a U.S. Open, you know. On Havasu. On a, yeah, exactly. On a frog or whatever that he turned into a bird, you know. Yep. Um, you know, the, the bass will tell you what, the, what they're doing. And sometimes it'll surprise you what they're eating. You know, sometimes they're eating bass fry. And so you got to use a crappie jig to catch them. And you you were, know, or you got to. You were throwing a yeah, black spinnerbait? Black spinnerbait gold blade. See, and I'm just throwing Ryan it on Ryan the Ryan thought beach. I was ridiculous when I made up some black spinnerbaits. <laughs> there is a reason. Yeah. Now I know. Now I know, Ryan. I, I can't say I've ever fished. I don't remember or, saying that was ridiculous. I, I, I remember because I, I, I made one up that was supposed to resemble my favorite Panther Martin as a kid from trout fishing, which was a black and oh, yellow. Oh, I do yeah, remember the that. Yeah, the black. Black and yellow, the black man, and yellow. with the gold blade. Black so I, I made up, I made up one with a black and yellow skirt. And mm-hmm. black blades and a gold blade, I think. And I told Ryan, he's like, I don't know about that one. I was like, I don't know if it's going to catch anything, but it looks cool. <laughs> now I know. Now I know when to fish it. <laughs> All right. That spinnerbait is officially for sale for the TBR <laughs> listeners at the starting price of sixty nine ninety nine. That's right. We're going to call it. It's I'll called. List- it's called the hammer. <laughs> I'll, I'll invoice you guys later. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> hey, uh, do you? So, well, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I don't want you to lose momentum with that story. If there's more yeah. to it, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just, uh, I, you know, you, you don't know it all. The, the, the more you get into bass fishing, the more you learn, the more you realize how much more you got to learn, you know? And it's, uh, I'm on the water every single day and 
I see things that I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe what I just saw. And, and, uh, you just, you just learn from that. I mean, whether it's, it's, a, it's, some, and a lot of it is stuff that is not supposed to happen. You know, there, you think what a you lot ju- of these, big, what you just said. Yeah. S- say that one more time for them so they can pay attention, please. Yeah. A lot of things are the, the way you use these lures that are not supposed to happen. You know, I mean, a lot of the stuff you're, you're going to use a, these lures that, okay, well, you know, sometimes you're in a crankbait and they're only eating when it hits the water and dead sticking. You know, I mean, it's like, what does that mean? Well, what's going on here? Okay, well, obviously there's a bite happening and I don't know. But all I know is every time I throw my my DD whatever number behind it, that when it hits the water and I'm pulling on my backlash or whatever the case, I'm getting mm-hmm. bit. You know, I mean, it's like you got to pay attention to that well, stuff. It's not, not coincidence, you know. And there was a story you told me, and this as a guide and you just touched on a little bit ago, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that one client that was doing what he wasn't supposed to, and then started catching fish yeah. doing it or getting bit doing yeah. it. Yeah. Most people would say, okay, that's a fluke. It's lucky. But mm-hmm. if, if you really pay attention, very few of these bites, in my opinion, are actually mm-hmm. luck. There's something to it. And if you, if you yeah. just pay attention and guys, me personally, and I'm, I, I, I would almost, be willing i could speak for you on this I, I, I would almost be willing to say i could speak for you on this but yeah. most of the stuff you read about what the book tells you what is supposed to happen that's not bass fishing reality generally yeah these these yeah. fish do crazy things that we don't understand and everybody that you know uh, um just keep an open mind is what i'm getting at i remember you telling yeah, me a story I, when we went out fishing about um you were out fishing guys with the live bait because you figured out these bass were literally just sluggish. They were eating dead shad off of the bottom and you started dead mm-hmm. sticking underspins, smashing them. Yep. Yep. When nobody a, else could a, get bit. It, it, and they couldn't get bit on live shad. So tell me uh, how weird that is. I mean, it was a, and that was, you know, I'm no sensei or anything, but that was just dumb luck how I found that bite, but it bit like that for a week solid. And, uh, I was getting blamed for taking, I don't fish live shad and the clients who come with me, we're not going to fish live shad, but we beat everybody, all the, the other guys on that lake, we smashed them with underspins and they barely get bit on a live shad. So the, the situation with that, that bite was, it was a shad spawn. This was about five years ago. It was a shad spawn and the bass had been gorged. I mean, they're just, they're just completely gorgeous. These fish are beautiful. They, you put them in your live well and you got six, seven dead, barely digested shad in your live well, you know, mm-hmm. they're just gorgeous swimming with them. But we noticed that, well, I'll just, I'll just tell you what happened. We were, we were fishing under spins because that's what you think you need to do when there's a bunch of, bunch of shad around, which is, is true. You're, you know, matching the hatch or mimicking the bait and, but what happened is, you know, as a guide, you're full service and somebody needs something and you, or whatever, you grab the rod, you put it down on the deck and you help them with it. And then you pick the rod up. Well, I noticed the first time, and this is probably the story I told you, Ryan, is we put the rod down and then the line, the line started swimming. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a, a three head on a shad boot tail type bait underspin picked it up like a jig 
and we're laughing, you know, set the hook. Oh my God, you know, hook in hand, grab it. And they grab it and they reel up the fish and we're all high five. And it was bitching. The next bitching. one is, yeah, they, they throw again. And this is only minutes later. We're still on that ball and we're not getting bit by casting and retrieving and throw again. They get a backlash. And then of course, you know, they, I'm asking you, you doing all right? No, here, you better help me grab it. I'm pulling the backlash out and the rod starts zipping. Mm-hmm. It's another fish. And I'm like, okay, wait a second, guys. Listen, this is crazy. Throw that bait out, put it on the bottom, count to about 15, do about two cranks, count to about 15. Boom. They're getting bit. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, it was that subtle change. And I got pictures to prove it. You could look at them on my Instagram page. There's everybody on the boat's holding five fish in their pictures. And it was, and it was like just nutso. And, uh, you know, you go to the dock and you talk to, you know, the dock talk and stuff like that. And it's like, how'd you guys do? And the guys are like, are they eating shad anymore? You know, it's like, well, did you have it? And they're like, yeah, I had a full take of four inch shad. And it caught, you know, a few fish. And I'm like, right. oh my God, we, we freaking smashed. And <laughs> right. something that we, something that we just did, you know, it was a little bit different, you know? Well, and that's and, one thing to keep in mind with that underspin. What I see a lot on my yeah. boat, and I, I, I preach a lot, mm. is most people, they... He does, he does it, preach a lot. They pick... <laughs> preach, <laughs> brother. Preach! <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I, I, love, I love this game. Um, yeah, me too. Me too, big time. But most people pick up that underspin and they fish it like a spinnerbait. Yeah. And that can yeah. be okay. Chuck and mm-hmm. wind, nice steady retrieve, six, seven, eight foot below the surface, whatever size head you got. Yeah. But when those fish are not active, which is more often the case than it's not, yeah. I mean, most mm-hmm. of the time they're not super active. They get active throughout the day. But when they're not active, you don't see them active. You don't see activity if you're not getting bit. You guys need to slow that underspin down. I mean, this guy's throwing it out, letting it sit for 30 seconds. And sometimes I, I personally don't have the patience to do that unless I actually stumbled mm-hmm. on that. But mm-hmm. most of the time when we are fishing an underspin, when we're on a steady underspin bite, we are making contact with the bottom of that thing. So, 100%. Yeah, make some disturbance on the mud, bounce it off the rocks, you know, um, use it like a jig. It's mm-hmm. a very versatile bait. It's a super versatile bait. And you just kind of, you got to remember that, that thing I always say is, you know, when they're plugged full of shad, they're not chasing really. If they're opportunistic, you know, I mean, if that, if that bait's laying on the bottom, they're going to sit and look at it. You guys know how a jig works. It's, it, it, you lay it on the bottom, they sit above it, they, you know, head down, tail up, staring at it, and you give it a little pop and bam, you're mm-hmm. bit. You know, I mean, the thing makes the right noise, it's, it's the right profile, it's, but it's a, it's a dying fish. It's an easy, 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 uh, easy meal for them. It's just, it's just one of those things, you know, and then <laughs> and the way bass fishing goes the next day that that doesn't work, but at least you got that little tool in your belt. You know, you're thinking, okay, well, there's, there's bait all around. These bass are everywhere. I can't get bit. I'm matching the hatch. It's like, well, try something different. Get outside the box. I mean, you know, that, that use it like a jig or burn it, you know, I mean, there's, there's, they eat it all different ways. Keep but, it open uh, you know, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just, yeah, I guess that's that's it. Just keep an open mind. There's a lot of a lot of baits we're using out there that you know you don't have to use them. That's the way YouTube says to use them. You use it the way you want to use it, or just try to figure out. <laughs> I, I love I love this guy. I love this guy. 
God. Yeah. 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 Get off of YouTube. Seriously. Yeah. 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 That, that, that three hours you watch YouTube, you could have been on the water. <laughs> you know? Well, Fred, it seems, Fred, you, you do throw a lot of the smaller stuff. You throw in the, you know, the, the spinning, the spinning rod. Um, yeah. How often are you throwing bigger baits? And what are, what are a your, lot? What, so what are your favorites? That's a good question. Yeah. So I'm, it's funny because when I'm out by myself, just fishing, there's three baits. I really love. I love a spinner bait. I love a swim jig and I love a big bait. And, uh, I do that a lot. Like if I'm, if I got a day to just go fish or somebody cancels and I just go fish, that's a, that's a lot what I'm doing. It, it, especially depending on the time, time of the year. I mean, if it's, it's the winter time, of course, I might be throwing a big bait or a, or a jig or something like that, but trolling motor on high, kind of burning around, just looking at stuff. Um, but that finesse game is just awesome, man. You know, if I'm, if I'm in a tournament and, and I want, I'm just looking for five good ones. I'm not going to do the same thing where I'm trying to catch 23 pounders, two pounders, you know, um, I do it all. You know, I mean, I, I like doing it all. It's uh, it just I just like getting bit, whatever well, do, it's going to take. Do you do you prefer yeah. a hard when you're talking about bigger baits? Do you prefer a hard bait, yeah. like uh, you know, a mm-hmm. um, a glide, or are you are you using yeah. a, a a big soft plastic bait like yeah. a HUD or something like that? Yeah, uh, HUD is something I I do use, but I'm really I, that depth two fifty is hard for me to put mm-hmm. down. Yeah. I really I really love a, a big glide bait. I there's a, you know, the six cents makes a really nice glide bait. And, uh, uh, of course the depth 250 is just, just something else. I, that, that bait, even if I don't get bit on it, it's just something that I, I like to throw as a, it's a great search bait. You, you know, if you have a pan optics and you're throwing, watch what, watch what chases that thing. You might want to just turn your pan optics off because it's going to. It'll drive you freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because yeah. every cast something's coming up yeah. to to take a look no. at that thing. Exactly, it could be another trout looking at the thing. You know, I mean, it just doesn't. You know, there's there's. Yeah. We've, ta- we, say, we've talked to guys yeah. about that though, and it seems like yeah. you get you can get a lot of followers, and and the guys when we talk to the DeGoff brothers, you know, like. They're like when I see followers that it doesn't really get me pumped because obviously there's I'm doing something wrong because I want them to eat. So what is it? How do you change things up when you see a lot when you're getting a lot of followers, whether you're seeing them, you know, with your own two eyes or whether you're looking through pan optics? How do you how are you kind of figuring that out to get those followers from followers into into committed? Well, there's you know I would say ninety five percent of my fishing these days is with clients so. I'm not, I'm not really fishing, but there was a really good bite that I was on a few years ago and it was, it was me. The guys were right next to me. These guys are great. They're from Los Angeles. They fish with me quite a bit and they're always open-minded to do something weird. And I go, you guys check this out. There's, I've been throwing this big bait on my days off and I'm getting a lot of followers. I can't get them to commit one, one here, one there. I want you guys to follow it with a Senko. Everybody knows this trick, but it worked. And they got, these guys were super stoked. So what I would do is I would throw the big bait. End of, it, end of a long day, my shoulder's wrecked. But, it, you know, I would throw this big bait, and I would crank it in. And when they could see it, they would throw the Senko behind it. And they were getting limits that way. 
That's it's wild. a it's a deadly tool, and it's and team, I'm going to have a lot of guys fishing. hating on. That's, yeah, that's I'm have a lot of guys hating fishing. on. <laughs> guys are totally going to hate on me for this because it's an old tournament trick, but it works, man. It's really, really good. It's an old trick. It's not. It's nothing new. These guys throw the big bait, and the teammate throws you know the little little spinning rod on the six pound with the with the senko right. behind it, you know, and uh, that'll get you bit. You know, you get or those even those big baits, like when the fish are on beds, you know, and you don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe you got a little chop on the water. You can't really see real clear, but you go mm-hmm. chuck that big bait shallow and cover water with it. Just, just use it as a search bait. They follow that bait out. You know where they came from. Now you go look for a they, bed and bingo, all of a sudden yeah. you're yep. bed fishing a nine pounder, you know? <laughs> yeah. They, they hate it. You know, it's a territorial bite at that point. They're not doing it to eat it, but yeah, at least you get to see where the fish is, you know? Right. Super cool. Yeah. I love that. Shoot. Dang, we gave up a lot right now, didn't we? That's well, <laughs> it, it is the bass report. You know what? And we get but that's that's I was, one thing I dude, I was talking to somebody, sorry, Ryan. I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Like we never expect anybody to like give up the the the, the juiciness of the, the very the very the very uh what was it cream of the juice. Like, we, yeah. like, come on, talk about what you want to talk about, what you feel comfortable talking yeah. about. Like, I n- we never expect yeah. anybody to come on and, and give up all their, their secrets, especially hard-won secrets, especially when it's something that you do for a living, right? That's your that's your well, pro- pro- proprietary, you know, recipe for success. So, But this is, you know, why, but this this, is why he's so yeah. successful. Real quick, I'm sorry. That's yeah. the first no, real no, quick no, of okay. the night. But yeah. this is why you are so successful is yeah. because you're passionate about it and you truly want people to learn. You don't do this job for the money. That's obvious. I mean, you, you have to yeah. make a living, but you do it because you love it. We I get do. a lot of tournament and guys on here that will not give up. I mean, you ask them how their whole tournament went, and they're like, well, this is what I caught them on, and and this is how I was working it. But it's like, give them some insight onto why you were working it in this area, and most guys won't do that. you know. And that's one thing that I very much appreciate about you because – it's it's just apparent how much you love this and you actually want to help people. And that's cool. I do love it. And I do want to help people. And, you know, I was told by some guys that are way better fishermen than me. It's like, I, look, I could hand you a handful of the baits I'm using. You still got to go out there and catch them. Right. And it's, it's true. I mean, it's totally true. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the baits I use. In fact, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to tell you the baits that I use because they work, but you, they don't, like we said earlier, a lot of times you got to, you know, if it's a chuck and wine bait and that's all you're going to do with that thing, you'll catch fish, but there's other ways to be successful with that bait that probably you, you can't even imagine that that's like, there's another, I'll just give you one more. There's a really finesse way to use like a DD 22, you know, just a big crankbait, you know, a big, heavy, you know, how big that bait is. It's giant, right? It's meant to go down. Yeah. One out hooks on it. Yeah. And it's meant to go down 20 feet or, you know, 22 or whatever it is. Use that thing in five feet of water. How fast are you going to get that thing to the boat? It's going to be really slow because you're going to, you're going to do two cranks on your reel. It's going to hit the bottom and you're going to have to sit there and wait. Well, when do you always get bit on a crankbait is when it's, when you stop and when it's floating back up, when you got that big giant bait, you make a big long cast on a big mud flat and you throw that thing. It's going to take you some time to get it back in the boat. And where are the fish? They're not in your boat. They're out there. So your bait's out in the zone a lot longer. You, you pick up what I'm saying here. 
I hope you guys got it, your notepads out right now. Yeah, this is this is a really good thing, and I and I spoke on this at a at a show in Bakersfield one time, and these guys were just like blown away. I'm like, a finesse crankbait to me is a super deep diver in shallow water. It's going to take you a long time to get that thing in. It's going to hit the bottom in a couple cranks, and it's going to float up real small like a jerkbait. It's going to suspend a little bit, and you do. As soon as you feel it lift off the bottom, do another crank. You're going to hit the bottom. I mean, that's. That's about as finessy as it gets. But is that something you would think about when you use that kind of bait? Probably Nobody's not. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. Including just, me. Yeah. And what's yeah. funny is there was a – do you ever remember watching? There was like a uh, – there was a big team tournament back east. It was called like the Texas Team Classic or something. They actually had a circuit like where it was like team tournaments, but they were doing it on a big level. Oh, Okay. Well, yeah, I do remember watching one, and actually, Mark Zona, as you oh, know, love that guy. he's a great fisherman. Love that guy. He's a stud fisherman. We, you know what? Let's get that guy to fish with us when I come up and fish with you, Ryan. Oh my god! Oh, I, if you if you can make if you can make that happen, that'd be amazing. No worries, dude. I I, I just hey, I was just talking to him the other day. I got it, guys. We'll, we'll get it set up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh god, if we could, get, that'd be fun to get him on the podcast. So I've really looked up to Mark Zona over the years. This has nothing to do with the story I was getting ready to tell, but I I just like, as far as if I ever get to, you know, MC an event or something like that's the guy Mm -hmm. that I always was like, man, it'd be so cool to be like Mark Zona, you know? Um, Fun, super fun. He's fun. He's energetic. He breaks things down very, very specifically easy to understand for everybody out there, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, I remember, and this is, dude, this is literally probably, what am I, 37? This is probably 18 years ago I saw this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was a big team tournament, nationally televised, and they won it on a, so back then it wasn't a 10XD, it was a, a DD-22 like you were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Old, old school Normans. And yep. they were oh, cranking rad. shallow stumps in two to eight foot of water with a DD-22, mm-hmm. what you just yeah. talked about. That's crazy. I never heard that. That's just something that uh, it's like, I tell that to people and they're like, no way. I'm like, you know, maybe it's not going to work, but sometimes it works really good. And those it's, it's, it's a finesse bait. I mean, a Carolina rig, if you think about it as a finesse bait, oh, yeah. you got, you got a 20 pound freaking main line and a 10 pound, you know, tag line four feet with a one ounce weight in a giant creature bait. And you're dragging that thing on the bottom. That's a finesse bait. It's not. It's not a six pound. I mean, you're throwing it with a you know big big rod, eight foot rod or whatever you're throwing it with. And you're, you know, you rip it once and you sit there and hold it for a minute and you get bit. Well, what do you think that bait's doing? It's just back there falling real slow and it's just barely moving. You know, it's all you. It's almost like a weightless bait that you're using down forty feet. And, you know, the fish doesn't feel that one ounce weight. It's a finesse bait. I think you don't I, think of it that way, but it is, you know. No, actually, I, I did. I I had a it was a DD it was a DD fourteen. I think I had on it was a couple yeah. months ago at the at the local lake, and mm-hmm. I'm always you're you're always looking for those areas where you're going to crank deep. I don't do a lot of crankbait fishing at all. I, I'm I'm not yeah. good at, I'm not good at it, um, or I haven't had mm-hmm. I haven't had success right um, like yeah. like you guys have. Or like guys out there that are really good at that, but you still have to try it here and there. But mm-hmm. doing the same thing you're kind of talking about, six to ten foot of water with a DD14, mm-hmm. and just doing mm-hmm. the same thing, man. As soon as you hit the bottom, just 
give it a little bit, and I was able to catch some fish on a crankbait. Great way to get confidence. You don't have to sit yeah. there and wind that thing and like cast it. A, I mean, you're still going to cast it a mile, but it, during yeah. that time, like you said, you're going to be along the bottom that whole way, and that was kind of what yeah. was going through my mind. I haven't done it since. It worked. I don't know why I haven't done it since, but that's that's pretty cool. Well, that was pretty cool that actually that my, that my mind was in the right place at one point in time. Well, Joel, your well, mind yeah, is normally I, in the right place. You just fish highly pressured waters. It's tough. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's 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 in, that's where I'm at too. I mean, I'm highly pressured. Well, another thing too is, and we're getting back to these cleansing fish. Why wouldn't you throw uh, that DD14 in 100 feet of water? You know what I mean? It's it's some see that's the thing though because because YouTube yeah because YouTube told me that I have to be banging it against a rock at at around twelve feet because that's where I'm gonna be able to get that thing down to that's right and if I try if I try to throw it in fifteen foot of water that thing is never gonna work it's never 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 gonna get bit even though the fish are in fifteen feet of water yeah never gonna get never gonna get bit okay so I mean I want to know and and these are the kind of important details right so mm-hmm. you're talking about uh, uh, let's talk your dd22 you talked yeah. about a spinner bait you love to throw a spinner bait joel and i mm-hmm. both love to throw a spinner bait i joel yeah. makes a spinner bait that now is like my like if i don't have that spinner bait i i'm like a crackhead who needs a fix because <laughs> i dude i've got so much confidence in his it's the ryan thing. cook recipe you he was dude, i, he I makes, put it together no well you i put it together you went out there and fished it you found out what worked and now we've got a recipe and it's awesome. i love this spinner bait. um yeah and you talked about a swim jig I, I i do throw a swim jig it's not one of my mm-hmm. confidence baits but i do I, i've had some really good days on it so can we talk about your rod and reel and line setup for and no, as far as gear ratio reels, you you always stay six to four. You said right, like six four to one. I'm super super easy with six okay. six point six. Point let's talk one. rod oh, and yeah. line for those three yeah. baits: deep dive and crankbait, spinnerbait, swim jig. Go. Oh my god! Okay, so swim jig and the and the crank or or the uh, swim jig and the spinnerbait are pretty much the same as far as my setup. And it's I use a mag crankbait rod for that. And the only reason I, and it's usually a little bit longer, seven foot, 11, eight foot. And I'm using 15 pound mono with that. Um, you know, I'm just kind of old school with that. I know a lot of guys use that braid. Yeah. I'm using 15 pound mono because a lot of times you're, you know, you're, you're bouncing into things, whatever, but I just love the stretch of that. And I love a Magnum crankbait rod. Powell makes an amazing one. Uh, I-Rod makes an, a really amazing one, but there's two things, two reasons I use that. Those, those bigger fish in that shallow water, I feel like you get bit better the longer cast you make. And, you know, if I can make a really long cast, that tip's going to help me. That length's going to help me. And then the 15 pound, a lot of times with the mono and that tip, when that fish bites, you got that little bit of time that you feel it, but he doesn't, you know, this, that split second, you know, and it gives you, gives you a little bit of time with the stretch in the line and the rod tip that he doesn't know he's bit, but you got a sensitive rod, you know, he's there. You can crank down on him a little bit. You know, you got a couple seconds to crank down and then you just really give it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, you go, you go from zero to 90 degrees and, you know, half a second with that. And 
I that think, longer rod will help you get all that stretch out and and make up to compensate for that bend in the rod. But then once once he's pinned, you 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 don't lose too many of them. You know. Do you do you agree that? Well, I guess there's every 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 everyone's going to have their own uh, argument for how specific or specialized a, a rod needs to be for certain applications. I feel like I feel like for me, it's been really hard to find a good power cranking rod. Like not for small baits, but for like bigger deep divers, like we're talking about right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And it seems like, like every one, rod one little, company has, one. yeah, one little little that you can really bomb, uh, that'll still mm. keep the fish pinned. You know, that's not going to mm. totally wear you out. Um, I have one from Okuma, the Power Crank, and it's the only. Yeah. It's one of the only rods I didn't sell when when uh, Phoenix came on and helped us out and we bought a bunch of, I bought a bunch of Phoenix rods and sold a lot of my other rods, but um, I have, I've held on to that Okuma power crank. I just, I like that just for those, like what we're talking about, the big build crankbaits. Yeah. You know, you, everybody has that, that magic rod, you know, I mean, like with Tiger Woods and golf, I mean, he was known to have that old, old uh driver on a steel shaft that he just couldn't get rid of and to, you know the, the modern technology went way past that but that was what he was comfortable with you yeah, know yeah i i have yeah i have that same stuff too um i i i i have a lot of utility rods rods that i just they just i feel good no matter what i'm throwing yeah, yeah. you know yeah spinner bait crankbait and and it's funny because a lot of them are bigger heavier stuff from my saltwater my saltwater fishing. I do a lot of saltwater fishing. So I just feel better holding a, uh, a beefier setup than, you know, something smaller. But, um, I do have, I do have a lot of spe- specific rods that I use. I mean, like I, I always carry two frog rods with me and, uh, one of them has a frog on it, of course, but the other one has a buzz bait on it. I like using a buzz bait on a frog rod, you know. On the and, yeah, I, you know? yeah, same. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, you can go back and forth between the two. I, I like. A, do you yeah. say so? Do you you like a heavier rod for your buzz bait? And yeah. Are you yeah. throwing that? Are you throwing that on braid? Yeah, straight braid, heavy five pound so, braid. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a pretty stout rod with braid. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. have you found that you have to? Have you trained yourself to like to not? yank on that thing do you let that fish yeah, hook itself? yeah yeah because that, yeah, this is exactly. what i found I was just gonna tell you that. this is what yeah. i found is i mm-hmm. did really well with a with a buzz bait throwing a medium heavy on fluorocarbon on heavier fluorocarbon 16 yeah. to 20 whatever and i mm-hmm. my hookup ratio was great and then i moved to a, a heavier rod because i figured why not right i've got to have mm-hmm. braid on there and i started my hookup ratio went way down i'm like i need to, <laughs> yeah. i need to be sitting down on these fish i need to wait you know the old fly fishing like thing where it's like God saved the queen and then you set the hook <laughs> or then you pull on them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like tuna fishing, you know, when you're, when you're bit, you don't, you just real set them. And it's, it, it takes a while to learn that, especially with straight braid and a, and a broomstick rod is you're, you're real setting them most of the time. And you got a nice big hook there. The fish kills the bait. There's no stretch anywhere. He's on. Yeah. You know, he just, He's he's on good too. So you just real set him, you know, you real real fast until yeah, just get tight and real fast. It's it's hard, but um, yeah. I mean, even frog fishing, you know, I I I uh, 
I learned the most in a in a half day trip with this FLW guy that I guided from Georgia, who was a frog master, and I was struggling with frogs, and he he basically schooled me. He goes, you know, we were we were topwater fishing, and there was a bite, but there was all these lilies, and he's like, you know, with that that Georgia draw, y'all throw the the frog out here. I go, yeah, I got I got frogs rigged up right now. You want to do that? And, the guy would, when he'd get bit, he'd hear it and he wouldn't do a thing. He'd look at me and go, well, let him eat it for a minute. He'd just start reeling until <laughs> he felt the line get tight and then he would just swing. I don't think he lost one. I think his hundred, I think his hookup ratio was a hundred percent. And, uh, he caught six beautiful fish on the frog in four hours on doing that, you know? And, um, you know, it's my problem with the frog before that is every time I saw him eat it, I'd swing. And sometimes the frog would, you know, go behind my head or, you know, sometimes I get them or, you know, just the ratio was not good. And, uh, so of course, what am I doing? He, he showed me that I remember what he did and I practiced with that frog and I feel like I'm a decent frog fisherman because of that guy, you know, yeah. but it's all feeling. It wasn't, it was never, it wasn't, you know, you're throwing in the weeds, you hear him splashing around with your frog, he might just be trying to stun it. You might get a second bite out of it if he's not on it, you know, if you just don't pull until you feel him. You know? This is where it's really cool that, I mean, fishing is fishing, right? You're, you're talking about yeah. taking taking uh, lessons from, from the salt, from tuna at the highest yeah. end of the spectrum. And I learned, that, I mean, when I'm doing these things, I, I, I attribute it back to when I was fly fishing and you know fishing dries and you see a take and instead of getting really excited and pulling hard you got to wait you got to give yourself that that count of one mississippi and then and then you know get tight to them and and set that hook so i I, you're talking fly fishermen did you see all the fly fishermen oh yeah oh yeah yeah these guys are studs big dawn pretty cool pretty cool big Big dawn big dawn is he's the king man and then the there's a uh, Joey Camacho down here tying all these guys flies that I, I had the privilege of taking out. And, uh, Oh, Alan Maddox. Uh, just, and Oh my God, Mark Oudwater. I mean, these are, these are like fly fishing studs in the area down here in SoCal. And I got to take them all fishing within the last couple of weeks and they cranked on them. You know, I, I don't know anything about it, Joel. And I'm just like, what are There's, they? I, I go without giving up too much. Like, are, are so? Are these guys fishing? Uh, are these guys fishing sinking lines or yep. is there? It's sad flies on sinking line, double rigs, double baits on like clouser, sinking line, like clouser type flies. These, these, no, not a clouser. These are little shad. That well, I guess it's like a mini clouser, I yeah. guess. But they're and I'm only saying that because I've heard that word before, clouser. I was like, well, okay, they come yeah, in, they I, come, I mean, you can you can tie those in on a size 18 hook and you can tie those on a size two. Okay. Hook, so, okay. That's so what I they throw for striper right here on the Delta and stuff, right? Striper now. bonefish. I mean, it, there, that yeah. is the most, probably the most used fly in the world because you can use it. So for these guys are such studs that I'm just like, I go, what do you guys want me to do with the boat? And they go, just what, where have you been finding the fish? And they all said the same thing. They're just like, where are you finding the fish? And I'm like, and I'm thinking fly fishing, you got to throw like, you know, in the weeds and stuff or whatever. And I'm like, well, you're, you're not going to believe where I've been finding them. You know, they're, you know, we're going to be fishing in 30 feet of water in 50. And they're like, no problem. I'm like, really? Sinking line. Like, yeah. Sinking line. Yeah. Man. Sinking line. They got the lures and 
they're casting out in the middle of nowhere and they're getting them. And I'm just like, I wish I had it on a if, GoPro because you, I'm more excited than these guys. I'm I mean, they're doing something that I'm, I'm totally, I don't even understand what they're doing. They're, they're talking their fly talk and they're catching them. You can keep, <laughs> you can keep a fly like that in inside of a bait ball, no matter how light you go with, with, you know, conventional yeah. tackle, you can keep yeah. a fly with a, with the right sink rate on the, on the line, because that's really your weight. You can keep exactly that in a, right. You can keep that in a in a ball of bait way longer oh my than God. anything you can do on on conventional. Hundred percent. I hundred percent. I mean, don't 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 think I wasn't taking notes on the whole thing. I mean, that, that's doing. why it's I'm so like, cool. I mean, yeah, it, I've done yeah. that for trout in thirty feet of water. You know, just yeah. on a kayak near a dam. You know, where people are, wouldn't think to throw and just cranking on them all day long. All and day it long. looks different. It's very invasive. You know, if that's the right word, in invasive, is that right? Yeah. Well, it's it, not. It is now. Not it's a hammer of fury dictionary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's not. In, it is now. Whatever. There you go. We're keeping that one. Anyway, you know the the flies, and and they're just they're like doing that little stripping thing, and 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 it, that that rod's parabolic bending in the reel, and it just gets intense, and you know it, it's they fight different, and. It's it's really super bitching, but I've I've been able to take these guys, and I just feel super fortunate that they called me to put them on their bass, you know, and uh, um, and then watching what they're doing, I, like I like I said a minute ago, I'm I'm taking notes. I'm like, okay, well, how can I mimic this with what I'm doing? Yes, you know, yes. the biggest limit I've ever caught on my boat. It wasn't even a limit; it was four fish, and it outfished any limit I've ever had a client catch was uh, big Don Clark with his fly rod. 20, 24 pounds with four fish. <laughs> 24 freaking pounds with four fish. And he had two come off that were bigger than whatever he had in his bag. And you, I was there's just a time floored. and a place for everything, man. There's a time and a yep. place for everything. For Lord. For Lord. I had a guy out on the boat today. Super cool guys. We had a blast. But this guy's a fly fisherman. Yeah, he did not bring his fly rod. I wish he had because he could have caught him on a yeah. fly rod today for sure. Yeah, but oh. he, he had not used conventional tackle in years. I mean, 10, 15 years. He had not used conventional. Like we went through the first cast of the day. I was like, "Can you throw a bait caster?" He's like, "Oh, absolutely." After the first cast, survey says that was a lie. But <laughs> um, yeah, but 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 once we got him dialed in, he started catching fish. But his first couple of fish he caught. Dude, he went straight fly fisherman on me. Like he's got his seven. So I'm throwing um, an under, or I had him throwing an underspin on on a on the Phoenix Maxim seven seven medium heavy Joel. Yeah, and he hooks this yeah, fish yeah. on this underspin, and he's got his rod literally straight up in the air, oh, and he's trying no, to keep no, it no. bent <laughs> and barely reeling. And I'm like, okay, so everything you do on a fly rod. We're gonna do it total opposite on on, yeah. on the bass rod. We want that rod down, and we want you to reel yeah. fast, like yeah. <laughs> complete yeah. opposite. But it was just yeah. funny to see him, like his mechanics. You know, it, 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 it yeah. Anyway, that, that's one thing I could say about these guys are studs. They knew all that, so it was just it was just a matter of me, Ryan. Just it was just dream. Just put them to where the bass are and let them do their thing. I was watching their rods are, you know, one inch off the water, bent hard, you know, and they're just working these fish in and 
It, it, it was, it's been an awesome week. We've, we've, uh, we've, this last week, we've targeted trout, crappie, and bass all in the same week. We caught them cranking, underspin, bass tricks, flash tricks, lures, and flies. You know, it was just an incredible, incredible week. So the whole just, plethora. Uh, the whole plethora and, and the time of the year that, you know, they're on the, on the bait and it's, they're just all over the place. We're catching them in two feet and 30 feet and in a hundred feet, you know, it's just, we're, they are where they are. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's the yeah. thing that people need to realize. And, and you've seen it, but so many yeah. guys get hung up and I, 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 me and Diana talk about this all the time, but mm-hmm. I, I can't stand not to knock anybody or make anybody feel bad, but the people that are always like, well, I got a spot. I got these spots, right? I've got a, mm-hmm. I've got a great spot. And I'm like, but what makes your spot a great spot, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you caught them there last year because there was bait piled up in this cove. And mm-hmm. these are the same people that'll go out in the middle of December and try to fish their spot and can't get bit. Mm-hmm. Don't understand why. Oh um, yeah. People need to start realizing and understanding how to fish patterns. And, and one thing I've found out through my years of bass fishing in in the last three and a half years of guiding full time Mm -hmm. is, so let's say these, these spots quote unquote, in these areas that are holding fish usually during the spawn, right? A lot of these bedding areas, I would imagine you are, cause I am, we're catching them in these same areas, but keep an open mind. So a month ago, they were shallow in these areas. Fish mm-hmm. these same areas, but start looking, start pulling back. Get your boat in 60. Look around. Fan cast out to 30. Pay attention to the surface of the water. You'll see the bait being pushed up. You know, um, if you see bait pu- being pushed up in an area, maybe fish it for a while. If they're not coming up to the surface, drop a bait down. Go ahead and throw an underspin out. Count it, you know, down to 30, 40 foot of water and slow roll it. And is that something that you found that a lot of these same areas that they're spawning in are still holding these fish, but you just got to get off the bank a little ways. Yeah. I've also, I've found that, um, some of these areas of this lake, especially with the lower level, you know, that's, that's, that's key as well. I mean, just because they were in that area, maybe the, maybe the water's down two feet in that area or up and two feet in that area. And it's just not conducive for them. The temperature might not be the same as it was the year before, but there's a cove on the other side of the lake or the next bay over, whatever you want to call it, that is similar, but it's got two feet on top of it or two feet less than the other one. And they're all there. You know, it's a, uh, one thing about that underspin that I've learned a lot too, is you said earlier, you know, the, the chuck and wine, a really good thing is, uh, a good way to use it just to kind of figure out how they're eating it is use as light a line as you can with that thing. And I like to use as light as I can get away with, with a bigger bait. So it sinks slower, but still kicks mm-hmm. and cast that sucker out as far as you can lock it down and let it fall to the bottom and then start to retrieve. You're going to get all the columns of water that way. Right. And you kind of figure out where, where they're biting there's been times when I've only been able to get bit on the fall. And that's why I enjoy using that light, light head as much as I can. Cause it's falling longer. And when you say you know? light head, what are we talking? Eighth ounce? 16th. Yeah. 16th. A one sixteenth. Yeah. One sixteenth eighth. Sometimes the crappie stuff, you know, that is With not something bigger... that I've ever done. And I guarantee you that we're going to be trying. 
Yeah, give it a shot with a bigger bait. Even put that thing on a four-inch bait, you know, or three three point five or something like that, and uh, and let that thing just kind of fall on a tight line. You'd be surprised how many times you get bumped on the way down. You might not get, you might not hook them, but they'll bump it on the way down. And if you're that's getting gonna, bumped on the way down, you let let it fall. Let it fall because if it's you're getting bumped on the way down, let it fall. Don't swing. Let it fall. Let it load. And if it loads, then swing. But a lot of times when it gets to the bottom and then you do that first crank, that's when you get bit. That thing follows it all the way to the bottom and stares at it. Do you know what they do when they're on a bed and they're about to bite? You know, they get vertical on it and look at it. They'll do that too. This is all stuff that I've been learning on that pan optics. It's just amazing. You know, I'm not trying to plug YouTube. Pan optics, you, but you, I know, I know yeah. YouTube yeah. is really well, helpful. Make sure you go to YouTube. <laughs> I yeah, feel like you've YouTube. been watching a lot of the Guggen squad lately. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to hear something funny? I've never watched a Guggen squad video. You're and, not missing and, all you're, you're, Okay. Well, you're, 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 not, you're not 14 years old. Fred, well, well that's the you. thing is, is these guys are on the boat all the time and they're like, yeah, they got all the Guggen baits and stuff like that. And, and they got like, you know, all this really good looking stuff and, you know, uh, you know, 50 pound mono with a 15 pound top shot. And I, I break out a little spinning rod in here. This is what you're going to use, but <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this is what you're going to use, man. There was a tournament yesterday. We're going real finesse today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> How has how has know. the tournament uh, d- directorship been going? I know you started last year. How's it going? This oh year? man! So yeah, this, we just finished our last day tournament last Saturday at Kachuma, and that group is about as competitive as it gets. Man, it's a it's a awesome group. How many guys? There's like twenty. Yeah. Is there twenty five teams or something? Yeah, like that? we've we've been pulling we've been pulling an average of 24, 24 boats, um, and. Uh, we we did the uh, the the uh, last Saturday. You know the, the the angler of the years were they were all they were all determined already, and we still pulled twenty boats. And this is a lake that's tagged, you know, for the quagga mussel. You know, it's, you gotta you gotta be committed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, so I was pretty stoked on on the draw we had, and um, you know there was quite a bit of five pounders that were caught these guys they 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 just fish really hard it's that central coast group you know um two guys on the boat two different boats so they're tagged for different lakes and then they start pulling their tags after this last one and they start fishing up near you guys you know the bass nation type stuff and all that mm-hmm. but um uh if i could do a quick plug july 16th for kachuma um is the first I'm, I'm going to be hosting the first night tournament ever in the history of the lake. Oh, um, sweet. yeah. Pretty good stoked about this. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about this. I got in really good with the lake there. It's a fantastic lake. The fishery is insane. These guys all in the tournament, were all saying that they went through 50 fish, you know? Oh um, goodness. yeah. So, I mean, if, it, if it's something you boys up there up North want to, want to do, you, it, keep in mind it's a 30-day quarantine so you have to get your boat down and inspect it and tag there's plenty of time to do that but it's this is going to be the very first time in the history of lake achuma that the fish the the lake has ever been fished at night legally <laughs> you know i don't know what legally past, yeah i don't know what anybody's done in the past but sanctioned I'm pretty tournament. excited about that yeah it's a six six to midnight summer rules tournament that sounds um, that sounds awesome 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you were you yeah, were talking yeah. about uh, you were talking about guys that go out on a kayak and and troll a crankbait. You know, and I know a guy yeah. that used to go out there all the time and post videos, and he even had one of those underwater cameras that was watching yeah. his crankbait. You'd be amazed. Yeah. You'd be amazed. I mean, and he was catching everything, right? But you'd be amazed how yeah. many bass will come up on a trolled crankbait in deep water, not that deep, but just come at it like a, you know, like like a kokanee, well, like I, if you're just trolling. It was crazy. I got a, I got a camera story for you. I'll give you real quick. So there's there real was quick, a no, real quick, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's this nose on this point that we were fishing uh, tournament partner and I. This was a long time ago. And um, we had one of those little cameras that looked like a fish that you drop down on a cord and you got that little tiny screen. I don't know what it is. He had it on the boat and we were using it to kind of look at rock piles and stuff like that. This was, you know, we're still using the HDS7s, you know, Lowrance, not, not up and downs. There wasn't side scans or anything out yet, mm-hmm. but that camera was out. And, uh, you know, we caught a couple of fish on this, this point And I said, dude, this meter, you know, is pretty lit up let's drop that camera down. And he's like, yeah, let's drop it down. Mind you, we only caught a couple of fish. We dropped that camera down. There's like a hundred bluegill and there's like 50 bass. From there. <laughs> and not, not only that one bass comes up and looks at the camera and I swear it was going to eat it. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, let's roll this thing up. We don't, we don't need oh, to that. Was that was the old Aquaview <laughs> camera, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's the exactly what it was. Well, yeah, Aquaview's mm-hmm. still around. They're getting better and better. I mean, I was out with Joel. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. I've been out with Mark Lassane, and we put that down at, in uh, at Berryessa in some areas. Yeah. And not, not it'll even drive where, you crazy. Not even where it'll you're seeing you a, a tons tons of fish, but it just goes to show we were off a point and marking some fish and put it down there, and it's like, man, I I think that, and when you actually see it on camera, I there's there's a lot of fish Drive all kinds of places. Drive man. you nuts. There, yeah, there's a lot of fish all kinds of places. So Drive you nuts. So, <laughs> so trust your meter and work hard to catch those fish because they are there. <laughs> they are there. <laughs> I, talk, I talked to a guy that scuba dives on Don Pedro, and this has been several years ago. This is 13 years ago, whatever it's been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like an old school bass fisherman that kind of just retired from fishing and he had a little pontoon boat, had a houseboat up there and he scuba dives. Like that's his deal. He just scuba dives the lake. Oh, rad. And he yeah. said one thing that he realized is he said, I, I, I never realized how many fish I was always around. He said, going down there and actually looking, mm-hmm. he said literally every main lake point. And I don't feel like he was BSing. Like he seemed pretty legit, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said every single main lake point on that lake, he goes, every single one has at least two or three double digits swimming around it at all times. He said, oh my it is God. absolutely insane. And oh he goes, it absolutely God. made me sick from my bass fishing days just just knowing I was around these fish all the time and yeah. very seldom ever. Wise, catch, wise, <laughs> wise old double digits that <laughs> crazy. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's a fool. Yeah, I mean they're just sitting there eating Arizona anchovies, rainbow trout. Yeah. Arizona anchovies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna use that one. I I gotta take that one. I love yeah. It. Well, I totally stole that one from somebody else, but I thought I thought that was freaking hilarious. You know. <laughs> you guys, I'm getting eyes from my wife because she's got dinner ready. So can I do a couple of plugs and then let you guys be? You can. You can. Okay. And then, uh, you guys, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I, uh, really appreciate it. You guys are freaking killing it, man. I love it. 
it's a it's a super super informative rad show you know and i like the focus that you guys are 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 really focusing on the guides and some of these sticks up there you know guys that probably would have never heard of down here and uh it's bringing the whole the whole community even closer you know um uh, ryan i'm definitely going to get on books here with you soon as soon as this after deer season let's get some stuff and then uh joel you hop on with I us now i need i need to go i need to i need to book a trip with with fred and to go down there and yeah there, you guys come down it's fun super fun we, we, you guys know how fishing goes but either way i can guarantee we're gonna have fun no matter what you know whatever the bite is you know i got two lakes lake casitas lake castaic got our pick between lots of species, lots of different techniques, super fun. But anyway, the, uh, uh, of course, you know, a salty crew. Yeah. I wear that, I wear that gear all the time. Uh, I was wearing it up there with Ryan and that cold January weather and that brisk wind in the morning. And it yeah, didn't even were. feel it except for on my face. Yeah. They, uh, take care of me. Canaan. If there's ever a sunglasses, especially for sight fishing, it's those, I mean, they're, the, one of the best ones is on 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 the earth. Bastrick, Demiki, Rubberworm. Uh, you come fish with me. Probably going to use one of those three brands at some point. Globe, Globe shoes, best I've ever ever had. Those those things uh, are on my feet all the time, and I'm standing sun up to sun down on the lake on the platform of my bass boat. And surface sunscreen keeps me from uh, getting burned all day long. Surface sunscreen is just awesome. And then if there's a guide I'm ever going to use is Ryan Cook fishing, man. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan Cook, dude, freaking love you, brother. We're going to definitely do some more fishing together up there. We'd be, we'd guys, be, we'd be remiss not to, not to uh, mention the old Cast and Crank podcast. You're a long time, yeah. not only a uh, friend of Nick's, but you've been on that show quite a bit yeah. too. So we're yeah, uh, Cast and Crank. We're stoked, my, we're my stoked that Nick lets yeah. you, uh, that, that we can borrow you from Nick from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick is solid. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a, he's one of the best for sure. You know, the guy's, the guy's a guy, super solid, super humble. And, uh, then, then, I mean, for this style podcast he's opened the doors, I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If Joel, if Joel's down, I, I, I mean, I would personally, Joel, and like, we can talk about this afterwards, but I think it'd be awesome for us to go down and fish with Fred down there. We'll just get something on the books. Go do that. I think it'd be a fun trip. It would be, mm-hmm. well, we would, oh, we, just, we'd be, we'd be able to split gas. Um, yeah. Split a room. Like, I mean, we, we kind of have to at this point. I'm not, I, I, I yeah. can't even, I can't even go more than an hour away from my house without, uh, having to take out a loan. So the three of us, oh my God, yeah. the three of us on the boat together would be an absolutely amazing shit show. And I can't wait for oh, it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Oh God. 100%. We'd have so much fun. Just re- yeah. Just record it. <laughs> record and, and get, get a lot of content <laughs> and for everybody out there, man. It, 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 if you're down in SoCal listening to this, I've, I've spent a day on the boat with this guy. Joel has had him on the podcast so many times. This is my second podcast with him. But yeah. and if any of the local listeners here ever want to take a trip down to Southern California, let him know ahead of time. He stays booked up. It's not like he can get you out next week. But I promise you, I promise you, he he will be open and honest. He will teach you everything he can in one day, and you're going to go have a blast. Some days the fish bite, sometimes they don't. But you're going to go have a blast. You're going to learn an amazing amount go book a trip bring your fly rod blow his mind (laughs) bring anything you want 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. FredQuinshawFishing.com. All the info's there. My Instagram is the hammer of fury. Um, that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, kept pretty up to date. And then, uh, you can also just Google my name. I got a Google business page there that I keep pretty, uh, updated as well. And, um, give me a call. Yeah. Come on down. You guys in NorCal, uh, come on down and, uh, there you got you got some SoCal guys uh, listening to you too. I, I go to the lake and they tell me, yeah, I heard you on the uh, on the Bass Report, and pretty honored to be on there, man. Thank I'd, you guys I'd so lo- much. We'd love to hear it, and it's we just appreciate you coming on, man. From the very beginning, uh, you've always been a, a you. great supporter and, and a great guy to have on. So we appreciate it. Thanks Thank a lot, you guys. Man. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk to you guys soon. Go eat okay. some dinner, bro. Go eat some dinner. Uh, I'm going to do it right now. Okay. <laughs> see ya. All right, guys. Have a good night. We'll see ya. The Sultan of SSIs. Oh, you did. Sultanate. For once, I'm almost kind of bummed, like that he had to go because I'm like, there's so much more I wanted to talk about. I came into this one like seriously, like bogged down. And talking to him, dude, gets you pumped up. I I talked to that dude all night. He he is a he's an old school, um, positive vibe type of soul. I'm a big fan. We seriously do need to set something up and go fishing with him. Like we need to go do that. We should. We that should would be that. I, I know we always talk about it, but we seriously need to put we, something we on talk, the books. We, we talk about all kinds of things. I know guys, we, guys, we, 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 we talk about this. some crazy, like not just about like, uh, like, yeah, we need to go do this for the show or whatever, but we've been talking about some pretty crazy ideas. Um, but that's neither here nor there at this point, but there, there is some, there's some ideas in the works. You can't you can't stay static, man. You got it. You got to do something. And the cool thing about this is, as it grows, there's more opportunities, and you don't want to miss those opportunities when they present themselves. So, and, and you all, you make might it happen. Be a part of it. Yeah, well, every everybody who, well, if you listen, you know, if you're if you're engaged with us on on Instagram, whatever, and especially if you're helping us out on Patreon, man, like that's the kind of stuff where we can start to do more. You know, we can we can start to do some cool stuff, and and we're I think we're getting close. So, um, I'm not. We don't have a huge amount of Patreon people, but those people make teamwork makes the damn dream work, people, and. So I we I just really appreciate everybody who every month is is helping us keep this thing rolling and and maybe in the future doing some really cool stuff. So we appreciate you. Appreciate the hell out of you, Ryan H-E Cook. Double hockey sticks. You got any? You got anything else uh, to say? I'm good. Diana went and bought some stuff to make some homemade delicious deli sandwiches, and uh, I'm with Fred. I'm hungry. Go eat. And everybody out there, stay hungry. Get after those bass. Say goodbye, Diana. Bye, Joel. Bye, Diana. We're out, brother. Hey, Hey. another fun one. Hey, I'll talk to you later, brother. Thanks, everybody. Boy, that escalated quickly. Don't act like you're not impressed.